I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Thursday, September 1st. There is a new legal twist in the case of Alfred Trenkler, the man convicted in the 1991 bombing death of Boston police officer Jeremiah Hurley. Last year, a federal court judge reduced Trenkler's life sentence, paving the way for his release in a few years. But now the U.S. Appeals Court has vacated that decision and sent it back to the lower court for resentencing. Trenkler had asked the court for a compassionate COVID-19 release. The federal judge rejected that. Instead, he reduced Trenkler's life sentence to 41 years, citing problems with the original life sentence. Issues about the original life sentence have dogged the case for decades. The U.S. Appeals Court said its decision does not endorse either side in the long-running battle. On October 28, 1991, Boston Police Officer Jeremiah Hurley and Officer Frank Foley, both members of the bomb squad, answered a call of a suspicious device in Roslindale. As the two investigated, the device exploded. Officer Hurley was killed. Officer Foley was maimed. Trenkler and another man, Thomas Shea of Quincy, were both convicted in the case. Shea is now free after years of legal maneuvers. A Federal Transit Administration report found the MBTA's focus on long-term projects came at the expense of day-to-day operations and safety, resulting in too few workers, not enough training, and weak safeguards. The report focuses on four main areas, workforce shortages, safety management information, effective safety communication, and operating conditions and training. The FTA highlighted the MBTA shifting $500 million from its operating budget to the capital budget earlier this year, prioritizing investments instead of dealing with its aging assets and infrastructure. The review also found the T had a higher rate of safety incidents and derailments than both similar systems and the industry average. The report also criticized the State Department of Public Utilities for failing to do its job, oversight of the MBTA. New special directives require the T to address personnel, deficiencies, and inadequate operating conditions, policies, procedures, and training that compromised a culture of safety at the agency. The FTA also gave the DPU an additional directive to improve its capacity to provide effective safety oversight of the T. And the FTA ordered the MBTA to craft a series of plans over the next six weeks to fix major deficiencies in staffing, internal communications, safety management, and other problems. The MBTA said the Quality Compliance and Oversight Office, which will operate outside of the T's current organizational structure and implement actions to address the report's findings, will be led by 20-year agency veteran Katie Cho. The office will report publicly every month on the T's progress toward implementing the FTA's directives. Governor Baker also filed a supplemental budget bill yesterday that would make another $200 million available for the T to use on safety fixes. In addition to the hundreds of millions of dollars lawmakers already appropriated for that purpose. 
A man is dead, another person seriously injured following two separate shootings in Boston. Suffolk County DA Kevin Hayden said a deadly shooting happened about 9 o'clock last night in the area of Dale Street near Malcolm X Park in Roxbury. Earlier in the night, police confirmed that one person was shot shortly after 6 p.m. in the area of Van Winkle Street in Dorchester. The person shot in Dorchester was taken to a hospital with life-threatening injuries. The victims have not been identified and there have been no arrests. One person is dead, several others seriously injured following a collision last night that involved pedestrians, a police motorcycle, and other vehicles in Brockton. Brockton police said the crash happened shortly before 8.30 on Pleasant Street near the intersection of Nye Avenue. Brockton firefighters helped treat victims at the scene. Brewster Ambulance took five people to area hospitals. Brockton and state police are investigating. Massachusetts lawmakers say they have defused what one of them calls a tax bomb that could have saddled recipients of school loan cancellations with added taxes. Normally, whenever someone gets a loan wiped off the books, state and federal tax agencies count that canceled debt as income that is eligible to be taxed. That would have also been the case for the canceled student loan debt, which for some borrowers will add up to $20,000 of debt relief. In Massachusetts, if that $20,000 had been counted as income, it would have meant up to $1,000 in additional income tax. But State Representative Steve Owens of Watertown said the State Department of Revenue and the State Legislature have each taken separate actions to exempt student loan forgiveness from state taxes. The federal IRS also says it will not collect taxes on canceled student loan debt, meaning you don't need to declare it when you fill out your federal and Massachusetts tax forms next spring. About a dozen other states will be taxing the canceled student debt, but none are in New England. Report from the Massachusetts Budget and Policy Center found that one in nine Massachusetts bridges, 644 in total, are not structurally sound. The bridges are not in immediate danger of collapsing, but at least one major weight-bearing component of the bridges is in need of repair or replacement. More than half of the bridges flagged in the report were in either western Massachusetts or Worcester County. The nonprofit group behind the report says major improvements need to be made now. The report also found that climate change, heavy vehicles, and the ages of the bridges have increased safety issues. According to the report, the average bridge in Massachusetts is 56 years old, compared to 44 years for bridges across the nation. Governor Baker has declared September to be Campus Fire Safety Month in Massachusetts as students and faculty head back to school. Fire officials are reminding students, landlords, parents, and school RAs that working smoke alarms in two ways out of a dorm or apartment are key safety measures that could save lives in the event of a fire in student housing. In the past 10 years, two Massachusetts students died in off-campus housing fires, and in the past five years, there have been more than 2,700 fires in mass dormitories, sororities, and fraternities, causing seven civilian injuries. 
five fire service injuries and an estimated $2.9 million in damages. Windows, doors, and stairways should always be clear of boxes, furniture, or anything else that might hinder at escape. Officials noted that fire safety precautions should remain in place after move-in day and beyond September 30th. Similarly, smoke and carbon monoxide alarms should remain operational all year long. The leading causes of fatal fires in Massachusetts in order are smoking, electrical, cooking, and candles. A check of business news this morning and stocks retreated yesterday. The Dow was down 280 points. The Nasdaq dropped 66. The S&P fell 31. Asian stocks also lower. The dollar was up. The euro was down. Oil at almost $89 a barrel. In sports, the Red Sox beat the Twins in Minnesota last night, 6-5, avoiding a sweep back at Fenway tonight at 7-10 for a series against the Rangers. The National Weather Service forecast for today, mostly sunny and pleasant with a high of 80 degrees. Tonight, clear, comfortable, low of 62. Tomorrow, mostly sunny at a high of 75. Saturday, partly cloudy at a high 80 degrees. Sunday could see some afternoon showers at a high of 83. The boater waves about a foot. Westerly wind could gust to 20 knots and a high tide right after 3.30 this afternoon. Sunrise at 6.09, set at 7.17. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Thursday, September 1st.